Welcome to another episode of Founders Journey. I am uh, Josh Pigford, founder of uh, Bearmetrics uh, Analytics for Stripe, bearmetrics.com. Go there now. That's the intro. All right. So um, this week's article uh, or article, a uh, podcast episode thing uh, is about going from being a maker to a manager. So uh, this uh, startup founder role is kind of an odd one, like, you know, a designer, they design, the developer develops, the customer support, customer supports, etc. Um, but what does, a, what does a founder do? Right. So, you know, a lot of times the founder, I mean, that was the case for me, started off as a a maker, like I was building the product. And now I have a team that uh, does it a lot better than I do. So what what does a startup founder even uh, even do? So that's what that's what uh, this this episode's about. So let's jump in. So I've uh, I've long considered myself a maker. Uh, Heck, it's the first word in my Twitter profile. Uh, at Spigford. So that means it's really official. Uh, and I've been making things for the web since the late 90s. When I was splitting my time between building my own products and doing consulting, I tout myself as the guy who could do everything. And I took pride in my ability to do design, front end and back end, selling myself as sort of this um, quintessential uh, maker of things. Now, uh, then I, I started working on bare metrics and it started taking off. And then I quickly realized that being the only maker wasn't going to cut it. So I started to hire. And as I hired out all the things that I had been doing, I found myself transitioning from this maker role to a, a manager. And I, and I started that transition about a year ago. And while I'm certainly no expert here, I thought it might be useful to uh, other entrepreneurs making that transition to get some insight into what it's been like uh, for me and then how to apply that stuff to your business. So first up though, how, how is a manager different than a maker? So I've, I've struggled with what exactly it is that I do here, which I think is a good thing. Um, we're a small team, but everybody has a very specific clear cut job to do. And, uh, and each person has filled a very specific need uh, on the team. So I've hired people who are exponentially better at their craft than I could ever hope to be. So where does that leave me? I rarely, quote unquote, make things anymore, at least in the honed craft sense. Instead, I'm a manager, uh, an enabler of sorts. Instead of making things, I enable my team to be makers with as much uh, efficiency as possible. So, so what is the job of a manager? Um, at the end of a lot of days, my, my wife will ask me what I did that day. And half the time, I have a hard time answering at all. I, all the things? I don't know. It can be hard to actually feel productive since, to some degree, my job is to make others productive. Um, pinpointing the things that you as a manager need to do on a daily or weekly basis can go a long way towards you actually being productive. And if I'm honest, uh, there are lots of days where I think, what is it that a CEO slash founder even does? So this this post is part me helping other CEO founders out there and part verification of my sanity and, and worth. So here are some of the things that I do and the roles that I fill in a typical day or week and how they can uh, apply to you and your business. So, so first up, product management. A big chunk of my time is, is writing project briefs and figuring out our product roadmap, uh, essentially a product manager kind of role. So what comes next? What problems need solving? How do we solve those problems? What bugs need to be fixed and when? Who needs to be working on this or that? What's an appropriate deadline? What customers should I talk to about that potential feature? My day is packed to the brim with answering these types of questions. And 
To the best of my ability, I'm decisive and borderline dogmatic about those answers. And you have to be. Otherwise, you'll be buried in half answers that get you half results with no real progress on anything. So the more clearly you can define projects and the work to be done, the less time uh, product management will take you in the long run. Uh, Define the problem and and what the success metrics are, whether that's increased signups, decreased churn, et cetera, and then work with your team to figure out the solutions. Uh, Next up, writing. So our blog, barometrics.com slash blog, is a significant source of traffic and customer referrals for us. Uh, Thus far, um, minus a couple of great articles on customer support, I've written all of the content. It takes up a large chunk of my time, about 20% of my week. But we've tried really hard to avoid the typical generic content you think about when you hear the phrase content marketing. Our market is founders and entrepreneurs, so the best way we know to reach founders and entrepreneurs is for our local founder and entrepreneur, me, to write about the ups and downs and what we're learning as a company. Um, Things that are harder for others to write about without having been there and kind of done that. No. Not everyone has a target market of founders. So this game plan won't necessarily work for you, but I do think it's crucial to actually produce genuinely helpful stuff if uh, you want to use content as a marketing channel. channel. So find your content niche and own it. Um, now, customer support. I, I don't do nearly as much of the typical customer support these days since Kagan uh, came on board. He's our uh, customer support guy. Um, But I try to schedule a phone call with all of our customers regularly. So as part of our lifecycle emails that we send, I try to schedule calls with customers at the two-week, six-month, and 12-month marks to see how their business is going. It's not a sales call at all. I I genuinely want to hear how other founders' businesses are going and and see if I can help in any way. This is super high-touch, and it's not really scalable in the long run, but as long as I can do it, I'll keep having uh, calls with customers. So I think being the face of a company um, can go a really long way in the early days. Um, and I, I plan on doing this as long as possible. Um, another thing that I spend a lot of time on is team happiness. So um, while making our customers happy is crucial, making sure that my team is happy is arguably even more so. Right now, I do a lot of kind of information gathering with um, having one-on-ones every other week and then using tools like 15.5 to collect feedback from them. But I'm admittedly not great at putting that feedback into action, at least consistently. Um, The feedback I get from our team affects decisions I make on a day-to-day basis. And I spend a lot of time poring over Slack chat logs, looking for signs that people are frustrated or in need of help with something. Um, But I, I think it's important to pay close attention to your team, both um, in things like these sort of feedback sessions, like one-on-ones or just in passing conversations and look for signs that people are unhappy or feeling burned out and then take action on them. Uh, another thing I spend a lot of time on is hiring. So hiring comes in waves for us, but, um, every few months we end up needing to hire someone. So hiring can be this really lengthy and time consuming process for our customer support role that we hired back in, um, I think it was October, November. We had, over 800 applications. It took three months to fill. It was just this really long process. Now, when I'm in the middle of hiring someone, I spend a lot of time reading applications, doing video interviews, pouring over test projects that we do for some roles. Um, and it just, it's extremely time consuming. So as best you can try to organize and standardize the hiring process, um, use tools like workable, um, to keep the pipeline of hiring in one place and then use a simple set of starter questions to help weed out people who just 
a really bad fit. Uh, and that can, that can go a long way. Um, so uh, another thing I spend a lot of time on is financial planning. So I think we make a pretty great tool, bare metrics, for staying on top of the revenue side of things. Um, but at this point, I still have to spend a lot of time in spreadsheets to look at the full picture of both revenue and expenses. Um, there's a couple of, uh, of spreadsheets that I use to, to help with the forecasting side of thing. There's one at, um, starting and sustaining.com. It's a kind of a starter spreadsheet for SaaS companies. And then another one at foresight.is. Um, that's a lot more in depth, but takes a lot more work to, to, um, kind of get it up and running. But I use those to help forecast the upcoming 12 to 18 months. And then I revisit them on some level every week or two. So, um, knowing where you stand financially seems kind of like a no brainer, but a lot of startups fail because they ran out of money. And, uh, if you just knew you were going to run out of money, you could avoid it. Um, so use a service like bench, uh, at bench.co to, uh, automate the bookkeeping side because manual entry, uh, for your books is basically just always a bad use of your time. Um, and then spend your own time doing things like forecasting the upcoming months. So you know where you should be adjusting things. Um, one final thing that I, I, uh, do regularly is I spend a lot of time learning from others. So I think the most valuable way to learn is, is just by doing, um, when it comes to business, I'd argue most degrees are useless. You just need to jump into the trenches and start making stuff. But I think there is a lot to be learned from the successes and failures of others, whether that's having a few mentors uh, or regularly chatting with other founders or reading. So, um, I would suggest finding a group of people, uh, who are a couple of steps ahead of you, um, in a particular area. Maybe you're a couple of steps ahead of them in other areas and then meet with them on a regular basis. Uh, they won't be so far ahead of you in certain areas that it's this one way, one way relationship that you're just constantly taking, taking, taking. Um, and then the advice that they give you will likely be a lot more applicable. That's a hard word to say. Applicable, applicable, um, because they're not so far removed from where you're at with your business. Also, get a subscription to Blinkist, uh, Blinkist.com. All business books are uh, largely fluff, and Blinkist distills the fluff down to the juicy bits, and you save yourself a massive amount of time. So what about you? So I've read books, I've talked to other founders about ways to manage and build a team more efficiently, but at the end of the day, these are just the things that I've found personally useful for me. Uh, they could very well be the most inefficient things you've ever done. So I, I'd love to hear uh, the things that you do as a manager slash founder, CEO on a regular basis. Do you like the role? Do you miss being a maker? Have you found a way to be both a maker and a manager? Uh, let me know. Josh at bearmetrics.com or on Twitter at Spigverd or go to the, uh, the blog bearmetrics.com slash blog and look for this article and, and add your comment. I'd love to hear it. That's this week's episode. Um, in the books, on the on the book, on the in the clouds, and uh, I'll see you the next. I, I hope next week, ideally next week, if I can pump out another article on a podcast. Um, if you uh, like humans, I would love a review on iTunes. That goes a long way for other people finding this podcast. And I think that's is that all, Josh? Yes, that's all. Okay, thanks for listening and. Um, I, one, one day I'll figure out how to say goodbye. How about for now? Goodbye. <laughs>